Joshua 1, verse 7 and 8. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and I am thankful that you're tuning in today. This is a podcast place for women to be encouraged and for her to remain anchored in Christ within every season, because this is her unshakable hope. So we open up our Bibles and we explore the word of God while sitting at Christwell. This is a month of courage, doing courageous things, faithfully and obedient to the Lord. And last week we talked through, we read Joshua 1.7. This week we are spinning off Joshua 1.7 and adding verse so Joshua 1, 7, as well as verse 8. And we talked about being very courageous, not just courageous, but very courageous. And our courageous will look different. So we're not going to look over to the lane to the right of us or to the left of us, but focusing on the courageous assignment that God has for us in our lane. And not even just in our lane 10 steps ahead, but the courageous assignment today, because we don't know if tomorrow's happening. So the courageous call today in this very season in front of us. A lot of times I want a roadmap. I'm like, God, just welcome me in, share with me here at this boardroom table between you, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, what my life will look like ahead. And God's like laughing. If only you would trust me. Courage takes so much trust. And this is not a sticker, t-shirt, uh, a, a necklace. This is, this is not that level of courage. This is a courage that really roots down. It, it goes to the root of our faith. It goes really to the belief system, our core level belief of, will you believe God for this thing you don't see now, may not see next year, may not see in five or 10 years, may not see in your lifetime. And it's really going to call for us to whip out our sewing machines and sew together a cape, but not a cape made in our strength or because it's got our name on it, but a cape in surrendered, faithful obedience to God. That's our Shira. That's our strength. It's not what we can hamster wheel construct and do within ourselves. But to me, the capes that are being missed out there, the Shiras that are being missed out there, the Wonder Womans that are being overlooked are the ones who are in her closet, the ones who are reading this book and not letting it depart from her mouth, the ones who are praying and circling over her family and her home. Those are the women to me who are being missed. And y'all, we need to stand up now in faith and declare that the word of God will be made true in our life. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble, of course. I mean, we're human. But we are going to hold true 
to the word of God courageously. And I I just got really pumped up, sorry. But I, this is so huge for me because this is an area that God has struggled with me, wrestled with me for decades, like the majority of my life. And I have looked to the other person to be courageous. I have applauded that other person. Oh, won't God do it? Um, I have even envied or, you know, coveted other people's. And God's like, but you can be courageous. Your courage will look different. Your assignment, the win will look different. But I didn't call you to win in this way. I called you to win in this one person. I called you to win in this one act. I called you to win in your family. Specifically today, our very courageous that we're going to talk about is an application to marriage, to engagements, to relationships, what have you. But that's what we're going to talk about. So going back to this Joshua, this depiction of this daunting assignment that Joshua had and how to lead millions of Israelites and not in his game plan, but in the game plan of the Lord. Uh, my testimony, my marriage testimony, and just all for God's glory for, for his redemption and what he showed me many years ago. So how my husband will share it when we teach couples. And that's both married couples as well as those who are pre-married, who are in premarital and and seeking to get married. That's just two areas of passion for us. And so we've been married this year in 2023, uh, 16 years, but we've been together since, gosh, 99, so a long time. But he'll say, we've been married this, so how he was saying this year is we've been married 16 years, of which has been the best five, six tops, and you can do the math. So we had a low marriage low for, you know, 10, 11 years at that really low, low was 10 years ago. I was actually pregnant with our third child. And um, I remember clarity, like my name is Brittany from the Lord, that your marriage will shine the light of the gospel to many. No idea what that meant. How can it shine light, Lord? This This is me. How can, how can my marriage be any beacon of hope to anybody when it's not even hopeful to me. I don't even like this man. I don't want to be with him. I'm packing my bags. I'm packing my kids' bags. I'm doing, right? So it was just a moment of a decision. So last week I shared for your closet time, for your secret time, every week I'll, every time I, I get on podcasts or blog, I want to, this is not about me. Um, which actually we need to start off in prayer. So I'm about to do that. But this is about God's glory and your relationship with the Lord. So let's pray before we go any further into this podcast. God, offer your glory, all about your kingdom, all about my sister, Lord, in Christ, who's listening today. And I pray, God, that you strengthen her in a way that only you can do that you give her clarity, that her hope be so real, even in the absence of its reality. In Jesus' name, amen. So God revealed something that did not make sense. And isn't that like God? 
isn't that like God to give you something that seems too big for you? And it is too big for you. Not seems. It is. The world will tell you just strap on your big girl boots and you can do it. Put on your cape. I'm telling you, burn, burn that cape. You know, knit together a cape in your secret closet, your secret time with God and surrender. That's what I really want to encourage you as you hop on this podcast is find your secret time with the Lord. That's your strength. That's your ability. That's your capacity. That's faithful obedience as well. Slowing down enough to rest and to listen for the Lord. But it seems so foolish. It seemed impossible. And God was like, yep, that's how I work. And like no ever before, I mean, I've grew up in church, raised in church, but you know, did I have a Bible? Probably not. I sure didn't after college, during college, after college. Um, Surprisingly, I actually got a Bible for my, one of um, my sister's best friend gave it to me on my, for my bridal shower. And that thing has so much dust on it. Like, so I didn't really read the word of God. I didn't, you know, I wasn't studying it. I mean, I, I heard the scripture when I went to church and it sounded great, but then it was never, there was never any application. There was never any self-feeding for myself until my discipleship table and my um, disciple maker taught me how to self-feed. And she did that um, very well. So uh, anywho, in that time, God gave me the ability to see the end in a situation that made no sense. And in that, I had to make a decision. So last week it was, what are you relying on that seems more plausible than God? What are, what are you, what's your default strength? Because it's substitutional and, and we want real strength. We want real fo- strong foundation, not substitute delusional strength. And that can only come by way the, by God. So then the question for this week is, well, also to, to re-explore that still constantly, because this is a constant question I actually ask myself all the time, is am I deviating and relying on something else? You know, Brittany, are you being pulled away in any other way? So, so still that question that, you know, friend, what are you relying on that is not God? And, and, and that is a, a, a whole list, laundry list of things from your job to your bank account to your marriage. Maybe, maybe your idol, that was me for many years. My idol was my husband. And because this marriage was crumbling and didn't look good and it wasn't good, my hope went with it, right? But we want an unshakable hope. We want a hope that, that beams light in darkness, in dark seasonal situations and in dark with amongst dark people that's only by by way of god so god was like you you've got to start studying my word and y'all he literally led me to the scripture uh joshua 1 8 so just in review I, i read it at the beginning but this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything, everything, y'all. Keep just the the Bible will tell you exactly everything, not half, not not a quarter, everything for then for then. Right. Here's this dependent clause for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. I try to start with the prosper and succeed at the at the beginning, (laughs) but. 
th- this is clear that the prosper and in this in the success, right? The the thing that we put a hashtag in front of, what we desire and strive after, God is like, you're not gonna get that apart from me. You might have a, a fake one or one that's really shaky because it might just take one market shift to completely obliterate that. It might just take half of your following no longer following and cancel you. It might take just a pink slip if people even get pink slips, I don't know, at work and then you no longer have it. It might take one injury. It, it, it might take your husband leaving. I don't know whatever that looks like, but prosper, prosperity and success are God things. So let's not, let's not, you know, just put it, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Prosperity, there are bad, there's bad preaching and bad ideology about prosperity, but prosperity is from God. There's everything great about prosperity, the God's way. So prosperity and success. Now that might not look like, um, I was listening to this sermon by by, prosperity, Pastor Robert Morris, he was like, it might not be a Rolex. <laughs> and I think he said like a Mercedes Benz or something. So so be careful of how you define prosperity, okay? But God is all about prosperity. So prosperity and success in whatever you do, friend, I want that very greatly for you. I want you to live a life of prosperity and success in whatever you do. Can you imagine like walking into work every day, going into that classroom for my teachers, my best friend is a principal. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine coming home amongst so much strife in your marriage or with raising your kids, but with this newfound confidence, this new, you know, just, uh, <laughs> this is for like my not holy days, like back before I walk with Jesus, but do you remember crib walking? And, um, Snoop Dogg. I don't know if he was the first to crip walk. This is such a diversion. Sorry. But I literally think about that. I think about that just boss level of like a crip walk. But let's just maybe call it like a holy walk. <laughs> let's just call it like, you know, you see walking, but for Jesus, you know, you got your whole shoulders. Can you imagine walking into your home with this sea level walking, this crip walking level of confidence in the prosperity and the promises of God? Y'all, that's like unstoppable unstoppable. But God was like, you got to start studying this word. So I remember, you know, this amongst just a handful of other scriptures that started to domino affect me to start studying this word. Cause I had never, when I say never capital letters, underline bold, never study God's word, you know, might turn to the scripture. Cause back then in AME churches, you had to stand, you know, say the scripture. But outside of that, I was not going into my, I did not have a prayer closet, did not have a prayer area didn't know where my Bible was. Okay. So I did none, none and none exponential of none. And God was like, this right here is going to take you to do the work. This right here is a decision. So then this week's question is still last week's question. You know, what are you relying on? And then new question for you for your secret time is, are you going to make the decision to stay in a hard, rocky place? but in full confidence and belief in God. It's a decision. This, this, this may not be, you know, th- th- this isn't, you may be saved on your way to heaven if Jesus comes back and brings you home sooner, but you may not live a life that's fruitful here on earth. And I think that that was a misconception I had that, oh, because you were saved, you lived fruitful and, it, and you don't. 
you could be saved a toe in heaven, but absolutely bear no fruit here on earth, live in no form of, of, of godly prosperity and bring no one along with you. So what we're talking about here is making a decision to be very courageous in your marriage and any relationship you're in in your engagement, being very courageous, where I encourage the couples that we lead is that are um, specifically the premarital couples is, and when I, and this is more so, we say it to the couple, but I specifically will go off to a side with the, with the, with the woman. And I will, and I will encourage her, girl, I need you to make a very courageous decision right now. If this is not a man who God is calling you to marry, listen, let me do you like a million dollar favor. You need to be courageous to leave. And listen, there's no covenant here that, you know, you might need to sell a house that y'all bought together because Eddie and I did that stupidly. You might need to co-parent because you have kids before you're married. You might need to do a lot of things that seem difficult and the enemy will trust and believe the enemy will make that seem even more difficult to do it. So then you get married like, well, we might as well. Kind of like that Jacket Edge song. You know, we ain't getting no younger. So we Why? Why are we singing that song? I think I might have played that at my wedding. It wasn't the song we went down to. I went down to the aisle, but I think we played it. Anyways, another diversion. The point is that I I pray with her and I'm like, if this is not who God, be courageous to even ask God to have the faith to leave or be courageous for those who are married and are very, very difficult situations. And the disclosure statement of this is asterisk statement of this is if there's physical abuse even emotional abuse, you know, verbal abuse. Listen, we bring community along as people, you know, there might be uh, a need to temporarily leave physically for sure. If there's physical abuse for it to be removed from that person and then to have counselors, Christian counselors, to have uh, pastoral staff doing all the things to surround that woman. So I'm not just saying to just sit here and tolerate abuse at all, period, period, exclamation point, actually. But what I am saying is, I think we are too quick to leave situations that are nowhere on the level of physical abuse, nowhere on the level of deep emotional abuse. But just because we ain't comfortable no more, I don't feel it anymore. He's getting on my nerves. He's not meeting my needs or whatever the case may be. And I want to encourage you today to make a decision to be very courageous in whatever way the Holy Spirit is burdening you to do it. Because listen, in my closet at that time, I knew, let me tell you, I knew what, what God was telling me to do. And I, and I also likewise very much remember this many years later that I had a decision to make and I knew it was going to come with a cost. But let me encourage you about this cost. Turn with me, Mark 8. And this is verse 34 through 35. This is my life verse, y'all. And this is actually when it became my life verse (laughs) during the season. Calling the crowd along with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. 
but whoever loses his life because of me, this is Jesus, and the gospel will save it. It's like the opposite. Jesus painted a picture the opposite way of the world. To save your life, to save whatever it is that you're clinging and holding on to, you have to surrender it and lay it down. You have to come empty to God and say, God, have your way. So I came empty, not knowing a lick of scripture, not not reading anything, knowing not how this was going to go. And I had to make a decision to lose the form of stability that I thought was stability. I had to almost become dumb to my ways in order to trust something that I had no clue of what to do, except to just walk one foot at a time in front of me. So to save our life, we need to lose it. See, the world is like, no, hold on, do all the things, hamster will, hamster will. Then you get your life. Mm-mm. That's, not, that's not the God system. That's a different algorithm. And his system is also different because the world system is like, be comfortable. And God's like, no, they're suffering. Be glorified, self-glorification. And he's like, you, you might get canceled. <laughs> You're going to have opposition. The world might shame you. And, and lastly, the world is like, by all means, necessary, protect your life. Protect, build walls. I was a master wall builder. And, and Jesus is like, you got to die. The cross is a symbol. It looks great on a t-shirt and around our necks. I wear one around my neck. But the cross back then was no form of glorification. Back in those, listen, that was like the worst way to die. You were going to die on a cross and hopefully you die quickly. If not, they're going to break your legs in order for you to die, right? It is torture. So I don't know when following Jesus ever became an easy thing because Jesus was very clear. He didn't sugarcoat stuff, y'all. I love that about him. He ain't going to waste your time. He invites you. He wants you. He loves you. But he also loves you enough to share the truth. So the truth is this marriage is going to cost you in some way. I don't know. It might not look like my cost, but it's going to cost you. This relationship is going to cost you. So which cost are you like? Where is the deposit? So Jesus is saying, come empty. Lose all the deposits in the way that you thought. And I want you to sit here with me on this cross. And knowing that I've got you, I'm going to protect you. Study my word as we just read in Joshua. That's where your hope and, and your faith, faith, uh, I have to, I'll post it in a blog. It's either in Romans or First Corinthians. I can't remember, Second Corinthians, but Paul says that faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from the word of God. So how do you get more faith? By reading the word of God. It's literally that simple algebra equation. Faith comes from reading this word. So isn't it interesting that in Joshua, God is commanding him, do not let my word depart from you. Don't add to it, don't subtract from it, but just study it, self-feed. So for my friend who is like, girl, I, I just don't have time. I don't have time. Sis, girl, no, neither do I. 
but you make time for the things that sustain your life. And this is life-sustaining. This is a non-negotiable. And this is where the obedience is to God. This was a command and that we too should follow thousands of years later. And last thing I just want to point to, and and it'll be on the blog, um, is God will use these foolish things or it will seem foolish in, in the command or in the in the invitation. It seemed very foolish back then to follow what God was telling me to do. It seemed impossible. It seemed foolish. It seemed all of the things. But God knew exactly what he was doing. He was calling me to lose my life and to trust the thing that looked foolish or seemed foolish because it was going to be in that that God was going to actually birth something far greater. So for us, for my marriage now, you know, we we find so much. It's, it's crazy to even think that we would give hope to anybody, that we could spill hope or share hope or do anything in our marriage, as horrible as our marriage was. Isn't it interesting that God used the most foolish marriage, the most broken marriage with two jacked up people to offer hope for someone else? And it reminds me, this is what I'm going to, that's going to be on the blog is it reminds me of 1 Corinthians 26, really through uh 1 Corinthians 2, 5, specifically 1 Corinthians 27 said, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing to bring to nothing what is viewed as something so that no one may boast in his presence. So we, Eddie and I, do not boast because if anything, we boast in how jacked up we are are current and were even more so. The last verse I want to leave you is with 1 Corinthians uh, 2, 2. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This was a big verse to me. I decided, I had to make a decision, friend, you need to make a decision to make all that you think you know, nothing, All you need to know is Jesus and his crucifixion and follow. Friend, I really pray that this just encourages you and whether you're in a tough, tough season or you're in a great season and God will still take you from good to great and from great to even greater and all for his glory, all for his purpose. I hope you have a great week ahead.